Joining us now on the show is the Mayhem Science Guy, Jim McGuire. Jim. Good morning, guys. What's happening? Ah, uh, well, it didn't feel that cold outside. It's actually uh, beautiful outside. So, I think uh, it is, too. Yeah, it I love this weather. It's freezing this cold, cold at like 6 o'clock this morning. Invigorating. Very, it's very invigorating. Cold. It was it's like 2 degrees colder so now than it was at 6 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. It's so cold. And, right and right. you've got a great <laughs> excuse to get outside tonight because there's, as you've they've been Saying on the news, the Starlink launch is going to be going up 704? at uh, 7.04. Yeah. And Mike Holland has done all the math, and it's right there after the twilight. So there is a very, very good chance uh, he's done the math, and it should catch the sunlight as the exhaust plume gets up higher, and it should be absolutely beautiful. I love these launches when the uh, you get it's a bit, it's dark, but you catch the sunlight on the exhaust plume. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. we might be able to see that tomorrow, Lynn. It's tonight. Tonight. Oh, it's seven oh four. Oh, it's oh, okay. I see what I, I see what you said there. I, I should be able to see it from my front yard. So. I thought it was yeah. like 7 a.m. What threw you is it shows the Greenwich Mean Time in England. So that's why it's from the 19th. Okay. That's what threw you. Sorry. That's what threw mm. me. <laughs> Take a quick call. Good morning. You're live on Meme the Name. Who's this? Hey, it's Flash. I'd like to ask the science guy, old Jim, if it's, it's, it's a long shot, but if I can talk that congressman into calling witnesses, about protecting the grid. He's already called some cyber experts two, two, two times, actually. I was wondering if you would mind, not mind me mentioning that you could be called as an expert science witness to, you know, protect the grid, upgrade it, secure it, harden it, and maybe even myself. Well, I, I, I'm flattered, but I, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert on the electrical grid. I, I completely agree with you that we need to harden it and protect it, but uh, I, I can't... Uh, you know, I, you'd be better off finding a Ph.D. and, uh, you know, in multiple um, disciplines. You need a Ph.D. about uh, solar cycles. I mean, I know, I know a lot about it to report on it, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't qualify as a uh, expert witness, I, I, have right. to, I have to say. But thank you. Okay. All right. Please continue, Jim. But the uh, – I, you know – I read about it and I and I completely agree with him and he's dead on right. We we've got to protect it because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when when we will have a solar storm strong enough to knock out our grids. Well, and I mean I say bring it on. <laughs> hey, it's in the herd. Yeah. Got a lot of books to read, got a lot of candles. Yeah, we'll we'll be fine, right? I've got a, gener- <laughs> I, got a generator, I've got tons and tons of DVDs. Uh, I'm good to go. You're, you'll run out of gas eventually, and the uh, well, gas pumps will won't work I? without gas without electricity. So, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll 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 survive for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we talked about what's going up tonight, and then on uh, January uh, 21st, uh, we've got an Atlas V. The time has shifted. Uh, This is a satellite that's going to help the military track and observe objects in geosynchronous orbit, a.k.a. spy satellites. Mm. So uh, that's going up, like I said, on the 21st. When you get the time, I'll let you know. Uh, And then we've got uh, another movable uh, launch. Uh, there's an Astro Rocket 3 VCLS demo. Uh, we don't have a date on that. The next one that we have a date on is on January 27th. We've got a Falcon 9 going up at 6.11 p.m. Okay. And that's taken up a uh, radar surveillance satellite for the Italian Space Agency. Uh, let say that far out, everything's a moving target. So uh, we'll go from there. 
Also, I just put a note here. You guys were talking about it's Winnie the Pooh Day. Yes. Do you guys know the story behind Winnie the Pooh? He's actually named after Winnipeg, uh, Canada. Right. And it yeah, was I in did, World I War One. He was. A, you did talk about that. Okay. No, I didn't talk about it, but I, I knew that. Okay. Yeah, he was a veterinarian, and he found a bear cub as they were getting ready to ship off to uh, England in World War One, and it became the unit's mascot. And then when and they taught it tricks and all that, and then when they deployed, they donated uh, Winnipeg to the uh, London Zoo. And a. a. Milne used to take his young kid, Christopher oh, Robin. Yeah. Everybody loved this bear because he could do tricks. And, and then he wrote the book Winnie the Pooh because his kid loved going to see the bear. Yeah. And that's the story behind it. Nice. That's cool. I Very nice. So, about that. All right. I wondered if you added that after we talked about, after we uh, said it was Winnie the Pooh Day. Yeah, I, I was uh, <laughs> typing up the show and listening. Or if you already knew. And then you guys didn't uh, mention it. I'm like, oh, it's cool trivia. There you go. It is. We're extending trivia day through yeah. this week. <laughs> All right. Um, so, cool story that a Jupiter-sized exoplanet was spotted by astronomers and actually citizen scientists. So it's really cool. They were getting data from the uh, the TESS uh, telescope, which is the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite, and people you know, on their own corroborated and found this. So the cool thing about this, it's, or amazing thing about this, is 379 light years away. So Whoa. it's That's it's far. amazingly far away, and they they caught you know just the dimming of the star. And so they're expecting this thing to come back around in uh, February. And so they're, they're trying to confirm that they actually did find a Jupiter-sized planet. Uh, so it's uh, got a 261-day orbit, but a light year is almost 6 trillion miles. So it, it's not somewhere that we're going to be visiting anytime soon. Correct. But it is really cool to see citizen scientists getting involved with astronomers and finding new planets. Mm. So that's why I put that. Until we have... Uh of faster than light travel FTL and uh, or wormholes we're not going to see that exactly and we've got a story about space travel in a little bit and we'll say it, well it's very mm. unlikely we'll ever get there um mm. but here's the we're all going to die story of the day we're going to die yeah there is a near earth asteroid <laughs> twice as big as the empire uh, state building that's going to fly by today at uh, uh, one fifty one. P- oh, that's Pacific time. So that is going to be this morning. Uh, it's going 43,754 miles per hour. No, that but- would be 451 Eastern time. If it's one fifty one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're, we're, um, yeah. So the... Uh, so this thing is huge, but it is five lunar distances away. All right. So it's... Uh, it, that you see these headlines and they're going to get close, but it is five times the distance of the moon, 1.2 million miles away. So um, now the cool thing about this, it's actually going to come back again on July 3rd and it's going to be 41.2 million miles away. So it must be on a very elliptical orbit. And then as we're on the other side of the sun, it will be coming back and then heading out into deep space. And then we won't see this thing thing again for uh, till 2033. So oh, wow. it's uh, okay. we, we get oh. two passes at it, uh, but it's even further away in July, and so we're actually all going to die, but not today. Not today. <laughs> well, here's a cool story for you guys. You know, we're always saying space is trying to kill you, and yes. here's yet another way that space is trying to kill you. Mm. Um, the the astronauts when they're up in extended missions in space are actually their blood their red blood cells their body is destroying their red blood cells faster than it can recreate them oh my and oh. and 
So astronauts have always had what's called space anemia. And the, um, they, in the past, they thought it was because once you're in zero gravity, all the blood starts to collect in your, in your chest area and, and because you, usually gravity is pulling your blood down to your feet and your, blood's, your heart's having to work to pump it up to, the, you know, to your brain. But in zero gravity, that blood gets evenly distributed, and that's why the astronauts always look like they're swollen because your oh. blood comes up and you're puffy because your, your blood's everywhere. Mm. So they thought that the, the, due to the zero gravity and the blood collecting in, the, in your core, that that was causing the space anemia. But they actually— Now, now does that only happen in space? Because I feel kind of puffy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's happening here, too. Okay. Let's take a quick call, Jim. Okay. Good morning. You're live on Meme the M. Who's this? James from Auburndale. Hey, James. Uh, sitting more closer to home, last night on the news, uh, the airline pilots, they were saying that they were scared now about this 5G uh, thing, which is starting to, this going to go online this coming Wednesday. And in Europe, they said they're giving like a 30-minute window so they can be able to land the plane. But in America, they're only giving them a 30-second window in order to land the plane. In other words, the towers are going to be like a month, one mile away instead of 20 miles away. Uh, so what to say you? Is it safe for us to still fly? Uh, yeah. The um... I'll hang up and listen to your response. Thanks, okay. James. I, I think they're overblowing the risk. They're claiming that the uh, the frequencies of the 5G uh, cellular towers are going to interfere with their navigational instruments. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to see some more testing done on it. And, and that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, the government is actually allowing the, the airlines to, I guess, keeping towers a certain distance away from the airports. So uh, just for now, till they have, can do more study. Yeah, because so. I've read I've read articles that say that this whole thing you got to shut off all your electronics is is overblown, mm. and then I've said some that th there is a remote chance that electronics on the plane. But one of the main reasons to turn off your 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 signal is that you can't connect any cell towers up, and and you're just going to run your battery down when you're you're trying to connect. Sure. Um, but you know, it seems to be Wi-Fi is fine. It, it just there's there's a Sometimes it's a little hypocrisy or, or conflicting data on what's interfering with the uh, instruments in the cockpit and what isn't. But from everything I've read, that they're, they're not on the same frequency. So on the 5G, so it it, uh, it shouldn't interfere. But uh, you know, I think what it's all going to boil down to, they're going to make you have to buy Wi-Fi from the airline when you're flying. Yeah, and that's usually what they do. So, I, but, uh, you know, it, they're the pilots that are flying the plane, so you got to give them credibility, and I'm hoping they'll do some more research. Uh, it should be real simple to prove mm. or disprove that there's interference from the 5G. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. Uh, Thanks for the call, James. Uh, as always. Uh, so we were talking about – okay. So anyway, the, uh, we were talking about the space anemia. So they – this is something I didn't know that I found amazing. When you're on the ground, your body is creating and destroying 2 million blood cells – a second. So, but when the astronauts are up in orbit, their bodies are destroying 3 million blood cells per second. Okay. So they're, they're continuing to lose, uh, you know, more red blood cells than they're creating. And that is actually the, the uh, mechanism behind the space anemia. So they actually did some blood tests on the astronauts when they got back. I'm surprised they didn't catch this on the twin study when they, the, the, right. I'm, but maybe yeah, that was, was thinking. Yeah, what started like to launch Scott that. But, and, but they yeah. just did recently tested some astronauts when they got back, and they found that their red blood cell count was way down, and that was the uh, 
the reason behind uh, space anemia. The good news is after about six months, they fully recovered, but it does have implications for long-term space travel going into deep space. The human body just starts to degrade very quickly. Yeah. And space it, wants to kill you. And if, it, if the radiation doesn't get you, your own body might get you. So that's... Uh, but you guys would find that interesting. They're going to come up with some medicine for it. How did they get them to recover from losing so much, though? Well, once blood, they get back it? on the ground, your your body, as it's saying, it's making two million yeah. cells oh, okay. per yeah, second. And they they right. Once your okay. body stops, you know, reacting, you know, overreacting and destroying red blood cells quicker than you you've got them, and it's it's probably some mechanism. Your body says, "Okay, I've got." you know, zero gravity. I don't need as many red blood cells. So it, it starts destroying them. Uh, the same way it starts eating into your bones in your gotcha. muscles. So it, it, once you're, you're not using them, you lose them. So, yeah. okay. uh, but well, it's like when you give blood, your body realizes, you know, the, the lower volume and just makes more. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they gave, got yeah. in like infusion. Just, just like that. the Sherpas, they have more red blood cells than your average person because they need them. So it, your body yeah, okay. reacts to your oxygen demands mm. and, uh, and and adapts. We've got so, about a minute, Jim, if you got right. a quick one. All right. There's a cool story. Spaceforge. Uh, there's a UK company. Uh, they've raised $10.2 million. They're going to put robotic satellites up in orbit to create exotic materials that you can't mm. make on Earth. So okay. they're, they're taking advantage of the zero gravity and they're going to, you know, they're able to create like really um, cool um, semiconductors, you know, that, that have very, the imperfections are, are not as bad as they are when you're in gravity. And then you can mix up their aluminum and lead. Now, they're doing stuff like that on the ISS, but you melt lead on the ISS, toxic fumes, yeah. not the kind of thing you want on the International Space Station. No. So they're creating satellites that they can go up and, and create these exotic metals and then bring them back to Earth. So time will tell if they can actually uh, create stuff and the, and the money is there that it'll be worth it to uh, put these up in orbit and and and. The, the cost of the exotic materials will pay for the cost of getting it up in space. Mm. So wow. pretty cool. That and is pretty cool. Yeah, I just uh, we had a story this week about uh, Florida Poly. Uh, I guess got a grant to study how to uh, make these exotic or, or how to mine these exotic chemicals to make like semiconductors and things that go in your cell phone and your computers. I guess China right now makes the most of that. Yes, yes, um, they're they're the main source of the. Uh, like neodymium and all that, they, yeah. and we've we've we're we're behind the eight ball there. All right, but, Jim McGuire, the main science guy. Jim, thank you very much. My pleasure, guys. Appreciate seeing you, and uh, have a great week. We'll talk about primordial black holes uh, next week. Okay. Yeah.